welcome to the Respectfully podcast. My name's Nikki Pope, your host for this hairdressing conversation. Today I'm joined by two colourists. Charlotte Cave is owner of two salons in South London, bedded into the local community as a go-to expert for colour, as well as continuing to look after a wealth of media and entertainment personalities and magazine shoots. She has a portfolio of clients acquired over three decades working in the capital. Sebulyn Howell is an Australian hairdresser and singer. He arrived in the UK last summer and has joined Charlotte Cave's team. Through social media and a fast-growing reputation for colour, he is making a mark on the UK industry. Welcome. Hello, Charlotte, Sebulyn. Hello, Nikki. To the Respectfully Podcast Studio. Nice to see your lovely faces. On this sunny day. Thank you for joining us. I wanted to have a conversation about colour in particular, as you're both eminent colourists, but also colour world, because we're very excited that you'll be joining us in May at the venue in central London. So excited which we about that. Move on to what we're mm. actually doing. For people listening, my first question is Charlotte, how did you get to be here fixated on colour in the hairdressing industry? You have 20 seconds go. Okay, so fixated on colour is a vehicle for style, and that is what I am actually fixated on. So I am a storyteller and a director. So in order to achieve my goal, I use colour as a vehicle to express style. And is that specific to hair and hairdressing, or were you always colour and style before even hairdressing? Can you remember before hairdressing? I used to spend hours and hours and hours drawing and I think I could still probably do a pretty good drawing of Marilyn Monroe and it was just I had Marilyn Monroe all over my wall everywhere and I was obsessed with the 50s so eras and style yeah I was always like I loved musicals. Zebulin how did you become you're a self-confessed blonde specialist in particular so tell us your your journey to being here today. So I have been doing hair since I was about 14, 15 Um, and I've just always kind of been super, super intrigued with just making people feel good about themselves and making people feel amazing and I've loved um, just using colour to express that and to help have, have women in particular feel their best. Yeah. And did you train in Australia? You are Australian, right? Yeah. So I did all my education and training in Australia. And then I stepped more into education in Australia and then moved here last year. And do in Australia, do you choose between cutting and colour? Yeah, well, similar to what Charlotte was saying, I actually wanted to get more into styling and event work. And then I really found myself really enjoying colour, especially through the pandemic and just becoming a lot more kind of colour obsessed. So I think in Australia there are, it is still very much um, segregated in a lot of salons and you do kind of go off to one avenue and I think even training and apprenticeships are starting to separate for different education roles, but I do think it kind of comes back around. And do you do both? Do you call yourself a colourist or are you a hairdresser and therefore doing whatever's needed? I do like little baby trims, <laughs> <laughs> things like I love styling. I love uh, like, um, you know, big bouncy blowways and, and things like that. But I don't necessarily like cutting shapes and um, cutting different, different hairstyles. Right. I love colour. Yeah. 
So relatively, you're coming up to about a year here, I think, yeah. since you arrived. Are there what are the sort of headline differences that you've seen in the sort of market for hairdressing since arriving in London from perhaps what you're used to in Melbourne? I think. So yeah, so I moved from Melbourne, and before that, I was on the Gold Coast, and I feel like on the Gold Coast, it was super starting to trend a lot. Um, lots of golden kind of beachy blondes. And then when I moved to Melbourne, I noticed that trend was kind of coming quite up and coming there as well. So when I moved here last year, I noticed things were probably still a bit bit more on like the more ashier tones and more kind of greys and silvers. And um, yeah. since in the last like just under a year I've been here, I've noticed there's been a lot more of a lived in look, more of a golden kind of, I guess, vibe that people are wanting. Yeah, and I think a lot so of I was going to say to both of you actually, do you think that you know, blondes having a moment, or do you think it always happens at this time of year that we always kind of start going, oh no, we need to lighten up, we need to be. <laughs> I reckon. I think blondes always, always in. Yeah. I think you can get different tones of blondes, but I do think there's a there's a huge Australian influence that's coming to the UK, and I'm seeing that a lot more and more. Yeah. And I think even like social media influences. I'm noticing I'm getting a lot more Australian influencers right. being shown photos of, right? Um, yeah. which I think is obviously helping in my case because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlotte, what do you I think see? sometimes colour can reflect the environment that we live in. Mm. So if we think of our grey smoke that went around for ages and everyone obsessing about ash or clients, so the, the yeah. consumer, right? So the consumer is obsessed by ash. A lot of the time that might be because they didn't quite get the blonde just right anyway. And then it's like, oh, it's going to be ash. And then there was the grey thing mm. that came through that kind of reflects our environment that we live in. You know, it's not beautiful sunshine. Mm. Yeah. Now we are changing a little bit. You know, there are summer coming, you know, and the fashions from that side of the world are much stronger and the influence from that side of the world is m stronger than it used to be. Yeah. You know, we used to look towards cities. Yeah. Now we look towards nature and yeah. sunshine. Yeah. So I actually think we are subconsciously choosing the sort of optimistic yeah. colour and the brightness to that. from yeah. um, Australia, isn't there, with the whole sort of culture sustainable living and, you know, eco-friendly as well. I think that's quite pervasive these days generally, which is perhaps helping to bring the Australian... Exactly, yeah. and the things are becoming. We, we sort of it, not wishing to go down the political route, but you are closer to where things you can get hold of stuff. So if everything yeah. is coming from China, then Australia is going to be first drop off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so from that powerhouse of that's uh, East is becoming a more of a powerhouse. If we mm. think about the American dream, is not really there, is it anymore no. since post Trump? So the the imagery from America is not desirable anymore. So what are we looking for? So we want to be next to nature. Yeah. So where do we aspire to? That's like our own language, right? So we are attracted to the similar language. Yeah. You know, we're British, so Australia. So then you look to Australia. So I think the consumer can imagine themselves in Australia surfing and yeah. living it's the relatable. dream, really, yeah. essentially. So. Yeah. I think that. <laughs> True. What are you doing here? I know. <laughs> I know. I better sell London now. <laughs> so, so what about um, balayage, which we're apparently still obsessed with, apparently, uh, allegedly? Has that helped 
the interest in blondes do you think or do you think it's it's a um a, you know are we getting distracted from real blondes is it really blonde if you're balayage i think uh you can put lightener on hair and you can feel blonde or yeah. blonder i reckon the balayage look is still very much around i think the technique of balayage there's so many different techniques now to achieve that kind of lived in look mm. so i think it's still around i think there's just so many more trending variations than from what i remember like the original hand painting yeah you know such like dark roots really light ends mm. i think it's a lot more dimensional yeah so what sort of helps the blonde market is it the techniques or is it the products the products got better the products have definitely gotten better. I think they've expanded a lot. I think they've gotten a lot more scientific, mm. put a lot more science behind colour products and home care products. Yeah, and the bond builders. And the bond help. builders and even things like K18. Mm. Um, aftercare is huge. And I think what we actually are also conscious of putting on our hair, clients are a lot more aware of now. Mm which is why they then want to spend more money on making sure it's insured. Yeah, that it looks after. Yeah. I think it is a good question though, isn't it? Because the word balayage, French for to stroke, sweep. to, to yeah. sweep. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and I still go through menus from hairdressers and I'm sure there'll be lots of hairdressers listening going, oh yeah, I can balayage. And one balayage to one person is a totally different. Yeah. Yeah. And now we have foilage or we have, oh, yeah. we have all of the variant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think... The word balayage now doesn't really mean anything. No. Into if I'm being, if I think anyway, it's just a thing that brilliantly, and that's down to bond building company like Olaplex. You would have to say did an amazing job of their PR. Mm. So the consumer understands or thinks they un think they understand what a balayage is. Yeah. But how that's interpreted on the floor varies from half a mile down from here there will be four different versions of a balayage mm. yeah so i think the 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 look yeah. is now the word not the technique right. and i think yeah. that's yeah. quite interesting yeah. would you agree with that zeb absolutely in the way we word it like i've noticed i i use a lot of words like lived in or dimensional mm. and clients just eat it up they love it and yeah. now on social media i see more those terms as opposed to like balayage or yeah Foilage, or however you say yeah, it. Yeah. I'd, no, I'd never heard of foilage until I, <laughs> I was like, oh, there's another one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, th I think that comes, it must have come rooted from having arguments on the salon floor where it's going, well, I'm balayaging yeah. where you're not using foil. Well, well, bugger you then, I'm foilaging. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a horses and courses situation, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So does anybody do the full-on blonde route to tip? anymore do you get Osprey? do there still clients i was watching a fantastic uh, documentary about paula yates the other day mm. and i was fascinated that she really was completely blonde or white always i don't know if that was well is, is this one for me i don't know well both of us said yeah. but i'll jump in so i am still driven by the story i'm not that worried about an, a look Mm. That, uh, that is trending right. maybe it's because I'm getting old yeah. but the story is still for me what am I saying and what am I going to what am I trying to achieve yeah. and who is my person Yeah. so and sometimes you know I'm 
we were just saying in the car on our way over, your clients reflect who you are. So I'm working with clients that are CEOs or further down the line that are perhaps going grey and I'm, I feel very sad for women who come. I mean, it's kind of my stock and trade, so I don't feel that sad. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's great for people. Exactly. Yeah. But um, I don't like the idea that women every three weeks feel really depressed because they've got white hair coming through. So I'm very happy to back-to-back foil and take out all the colour and go completely blonde or... It's sometimes I just like a dirty blonde, I think, yeah. <laughs> as you know, <laughs> Nikki. And I quite like that what that look brings yeah. that is a little bit more generous with age groups, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, that you could do a, a, a back-to-back blonde foil and uh, root shadow on a 70-year-old and it makes her look completely different. Yeah. You know, it's a bit of a cooler look. Yeah, and you can do it a lot easier and a lot more more kind to the hair. And maybe it's because Zeb just does it so much better than I do, so I'll just go, I'll leave that to Zeb. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave your dimensional lived-in colours. Yeah. I know who you need to go and see, Zeb. <laughs> <laughs> What's your ideal client then, Zeb? If somebody walks in, do you like it when people say, do what you want, or is it easier to have somebody who's got an idea, or is it when they whip out a photograph, or...? What's your perfect I think, client? So a lot of my clients come through social media, so I'm constantly, I guess, getting DMs and bookings through that. So I kind of have an idea of what they're gonna want to book in for, right? Because they've all looked through my social media, and you can look through it and also know what kind of work I do. So my ideal client, I guess, contradicting to um what shall I say I love the young girls the young natural blonde who you know are out on a Friday night with her friends um sit on TikTok as well aspiring for a career like kind of just getting started but want to look and and feel hot really yeah so So it's like helping them to create a look yeah you like to sort of almost style you know who are you going to be what look is going to express you is that Uh, Absolutely. Interesting. But also, like, you know, I think the the colours that I'm doing at the moment would be more, like, they're on trend with the girls who are also trying to follow these up-and-coming trends. So in my mind, I also think, well, I've, I've got to update my trends just as much. So new things that are coming through, I've always got to be like, right, what's next? Yeah. You know, so it, it, I can't just stay in one lane. Right, so you need to keep... Because it's interesting, isn't it, you referencing your social media as the way that people discover you mm. and the way you can promote what you do. Is Do you find that um, onerous or you do you find that quite interesting, quite I love exciting? It. Do you? Yeah, I love it. I think when I moved from the Gold Coast to Melbourne, I uh, worked for one of my really close girlfriends and we built up this really incredible brand for her business just based off social media. And she didn't really quite understand it at the start. And I was like, just give me give me a few months through a lockdown. Let me just like prove what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's still, the salon's just blown up completely. Wow. And so I kind of left all of that, moved here, and I thought I could do the same thing with not one client. And it's just worked. I've just gotten into the right kind of people and you know I send a lot of dms out to different influencers from some from Australia some from here um a lot of times you don't get a reply but then you get the ones that do and then that builds your following and then you just you know from one client you could get 
20 to 30 DMs from So what the are client. you DMing them? You're inviting them to come and see to you? Come or in, to come in, yeah. Oh, right. To come into the salon, complimentary. Yeah. I'm happy to do your hair if, you, if you're happy to do a few posts for us. Yeah. And they Make do, an and, then, and then it, it blows up. Wow. Is that something you've done much before? Because you're now a lot more savvy on social media than <laughs> last time we spoke. Well, exactly. In the nicest possible way. Oh, no, completely. But, I've so got watching, a person, that's why. Watching Seb doing it for, for, for the Charlotte Cave brand. Well, I have to say, I'm so glad that we've moved on to this subject because since working with Seb, it has been a joy to stand back and watch. And I think what Seb is doing, I've not heard anyone do it like this. And I'm going to say these words out loud. So Zeb kind of chooses his clients. Mm. Clients don't choose Zeb. And I don't know any other salon or any other person that does that. Um, And all all Zeb's clients kind of look similar. Mm. And you sort of go, whereas all of my clients look completely different. But what that does is home in and intellectualize what somebody does. And if somebody does that thing well Mm. and the best ever, Mm. then you're going to go there. Yeah. And I just thought, it was so, I was talking to a, a colour brand the other day about Zeb, and I said, I don't know, Zeb has walked into my salon, we're a busy salon, so I definitely have mm. clients, but we don't even really give Zeb any clients, because Zeb just walks, we're just like, who's that client? Who's that client? <laughs> <laughs> and Never there's right. this, it, it, it has created a whole new dimension mm. of clients, and it's beautiful for me to watch on a business level uh a because you can learn something and also we all gain from that um uh profitability and name and all of those wonderful things that zeb has mentioned before but on a personal level i just find it completely fascinating and that i think is the future and i think if hairdressers took that approach more because what that does if you are inviting a client and these are i know zeb has mentioned the complimentary thing but he doesn't Give it away that much. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah, two or three. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, exactly. What was that? Three complimentary clients since uh, we've worked. Everybody else, he's handpicked. So can you imagine getting a DM on your Instagram from somebody who does all these gorgeous girls going, I think you're fantastic. I think you should be part of my clientele and come and get your colour here. You'd be like, oh, 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 I'm so amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think Zeb would be uh, looking yeah, me up, though. <laughs> um, but um, So that, I think, for a salon business, as a business owner, that's the future. Yeah. You go to the client and invite them. So then you're in this, and we were talking about it again in the car. My observation is that Zeb has now become a private members club, that you kind yeah. of can't get in unless you're, you're invited yeah. <laughs> so but it makes the experience really special and it yeah. sounds like it's not i don't think it's i know we're sort of laughing like it's not a thing or like it's snobby or anything like that it's no. not because what that client does then is feel completely unique and special when she's there yeah, yeah. and that's an amazing that's an amazing gift, and I, think I think what it sounds like it's doing is it's interesting isn't it so you have the charlotte cave brand and you might have shaped it to be a certain way but now mm. you're allowing somebody to work within that brand who actually has their own brand if you mm. like which is the way we're all going i think yeah. this, that's hopefully the freedom and the sort of reward that makes it interesting to work with a team rather than going off on your own because you're yeah you're part I mean, of a group but you're allowed exactly. to be you're allowed your own personality you're allowed your own say and who you want to yeah. work with and what kind of colour. For sure. Interests you. 
Do you want to pick that? I, I do want to say something. Are we going to let him have a word? Exactly. Charlie. I know <laughs> I did say it. Sit for a minute. Go on, Wait, what was my question? Well, we were just pontificating, really, but... So is that a way of working that you can imagine being um, rewarding for some time to come, that you are working with a team employed, you know, with a, with a brand and yet allowed to be your own Yeah, person, well, that was kind like. of my goal. I mm. think I, I started to really... I didn't like working under an umbrella of someone and being told what to do. Right. And I never actually realised that I hate being told what to do until about six months ago. <laughs> and my partner picked it out. And I was like, it changed everything for me. I was like, wow, I really don't like being told what to do. <laughs> In a, you know, obviously yeah. there are boundaries within that. And so when I did come across, uh, when we all kind of found each other, it was very much a conversation of like... I'm basically kind of going to let you do your own thing mm. in a lot of respects. And obviously you don't, you know, you don't take a joke with that and you kind of you stay respectful. But I think I really wanted to create my own name for myself under an already existing name. Yeah. You know, and a business. Yeah. Um, especially here in like such a cool area as well. And so I think it does kind of... It changes the ball game a little bit because you end up, yeah, creating your own brand within an established company, and yeah. it every client that's kind of come in, you know, they spend like four four hours with me, and I only do maybe two to three clients a day because I I really don't like to overbook myself, and I also like to charge accordingly, but every client that comes in just like then goes on about the salon and how nice the the space is, so. And it's always like that was my other thing is that I wanted to work in a really calm, chilled yeah. space. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Nice <laughs> Go. <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to pick up on the the freelance thing um, and that making your own way. Like Zeb could have easily come to the UK and gone into. And you know, I'm going to be a little bit defensive because I employ people. Yeah. Um, but I have also been freelance for years and years and years. So I know what that looks like. And if we're talking about trends, I know there's a trend that people are going freelance and trying that out. But I also think if you work within a business that's smart enough to let you enjoy your success, I mean, I just will observe Zeb fly and yeah. have a great time while I'm watching him do that. And yeah. I'm not going to do anything to stop that because that a that would make me stupid and I don't have a ego in that sense and anyone who's successful if somebody says oh Charlotte Cave really helped me and you're stood there that's like amazing for me right yeah. and you would have learned a lot and also profitability that's going to be much better but you are more powerful working within a brand as a independent hairdresser so if you can find us on which I hope we have found our sweet spot Zeb, mm. haven't we where I'm not afraid of somebody being better than me. I yeah. want, I'm like, take the Madonna approach. I'm not going to be the best singer and I'm yeah. not going to be the best dancer, but I'm going to surround myself with people who are, yeah. so it makes me look better. I think that's smart and it yeah. makes you a number one <laughs> pop singing <laughs> sensation, does it yes. not? <laughs> I've never heard her put it that way, so I'm hoping that she'd agree with you. But oh, no, she has said <laughs> that. Oh, she? No, no, she said that in her documentary, Sex, years ago. Oh, she said, why would you not have the best dancers in the world that are loads better looking than you? 
yeah. just makes you raises even hotter. Yeah, it raises, raises your game. Very, so you very just, good way of putting it. So you just, um, and I think if you find the right, I think for business owners out there, just let people fly within the security. You know, if anything happened to any of my staff, they'd be protected. You know, there's yeah. a lots of benefits for working. Also, I'm the credit, right? I'm the account holder. So I'm the one that's buying all the colour Zeb's using yeah. for free, yeah. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Things, there's no such thing as free lunch. Um, so I can support that financially while yeah. Zeb grows. So yeah. it's a win-win, I think. Mm. And how have you found it within the team? Have you found people who've been with you a while sort of being interested in this way of working or so it hasn't kind of like upset the, the status quo? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, no, because I think it depends how, it depends on your team, I suppose, but I'm lucky enough that I have a thirsty team and mm. I employed Zeb in the right way. Zeb said, right, this is what I want. And I was like, right, okay, I'm going to deliver. I like things to happen. I don't like mm. to say it and not do it. Yeah. So that's boring. So I employed Zeb on the knowledge that he's going to be the salon educator. And that's how he was presented. So, and also it's brilliant with the team because Zeb, 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 <laughs> Zeb, um, Zeb takes the morning of every week, one day every morning, and takes a one-to-one -one with the team. Mm -hmm. And he's a lovely nature. So if somebody's really good at... So I've done what I said I would do, and Zeb has said, I'm really good at doing this, by the way. I'm really good at educating, and I can do this. So um, so Zeb's doing his job, and I'm doing my job. So the team are just lapping it up. Yeah. So they get some one-to-one -one time. They get a bit of respite yeah. from like doing clients. They get to explore in a nice, calm... like Nobody's coming... Because Zeb doesn't yeah. like being told what to do, so he's certainly not going to tell yeah. other people what to do. So They're just allowing the themselves to express themselves, and Zeb can yeah. guide accordingly. And I think it yeah. brings a new energy, doesn't it? Bringing somebody sure. in, it's you know, actually everyone goes, oh, it's really nice having something yeah. slightly different, but not way out. Yeah. Exactly. Good. And if the owner wants something new and want to learn stuff, I love learning stuff from Zeb. I'm like constantly. You got a book in. I know. <laughs> I, I, I still haven't had my one to one. <laughs> But it is, it is really, um, they, yeah, they all really have seemed to really enjoy it, which has been really cool. Because it, I do also understand that they, um, well, like any hairdresser that's been doing it for a long time, sometimes you either can get stuck in your ways or you also don't like someone kind of younger, especially, or, or someone new coming in um, and then change the dynamic of things. And so I was really cautious of that. And I also... I'm really like, I remember being, having training and people just like either yelling at me or, you know, being so like hawk-eyed over me. And so my approach is really like, you know, I'll kind of give them some pointers and then I leave them and yeah, it's just really up to them as well. Yeah. I think the way people learn evolves as well. You know, I think older, us older people have to understand that the world's moved on, which is a bit brings me nicely to Colour World, which is the event that you are going to join in yeah. May, both of you. Charlotte's obviously been with us for all the years since mm. we started, but you're going to see, hopefully, an opportunity for people to learn in different ways. It's a gathering, so mm. it's all on the flat. It's anti-zoo, there are no stages, no them and us. The visitors, you just buy a ticket, you come and you walk around. So it's, the concept is that around every corner you go, somebody's doing colour and sharing rather than educating or delivering a seminar if you like yeah. so it's just like you're working away with a little headset on and people just can talk to you photograph ask a question watch for a bit go off come back follow you over to the backwash watch you as you style and then we have a, we do have one platform where you can then present the finished look 
so I'm really excited for you yeah, to come cool. to that. Yeah, cool. I'm so excited. So given, you may not have made the plan yet, I appreciate it's a few weeks away, but given um, a, a sort of free range, carte blanche if you like, what what's the sort of thing that you would love to show people? What's your buzz? Well, I think like I was saying before, the that Australian influence that seems to be just really up and coming here, I think I moved here at such a good point that that was you know, starting to blow up a little bit. So I, I think I will probably just do something similar, probably amp it up a little bit more, go maybe a bit more punchy, a bit more golden, but definitely still that kind of lived-in yeah. kind of technique. Excellent. Mm. And are you familiar with, have you had an opportunity to watch other people working at all or discover anything about the sort of UK, European market? Are their names, is it all new or are there people that you'd heard of or...? Um, interested in well, reading. Charlotte will be there. <laughs> <laughs> there are, oh, it's funny because there are people that I have like idolised for so long that I thought I'd love to connect with them, I'd love to meet them. And then to go to my first kind of hair event and working with them, like yeah. they're like in that that um, slide that came up where it shows all of the faces, I'm like, yeah. how am I incorporated with these other people that I'm like... Yes, it's quite a roster. I think there's about yeah. 35 or 37 yeah, and people, people that I've like, so. I, like idolised, I guess, for ages. So I'm really excited to kind of meet a lot of a lot of people and just, I guess, be around industry people again. Yeah, and I think it's very it's very sort of collaborative. It's quite chill, isn't it? Especially on the Sunday. It's a bit like a sort of festival, but we're blessed with sunshine. Oh. It's just an opportunity to hang out together and just, you know, watch and be inspired but also share and just catch up and discover new things there's a few new brands yep. that are there it's like the Glastonbury of her <laughs> oh, oh, well. <laughs> and I'm like Mike Evis so that's good and I think you're also helping us with the show on the Sunday evening for the Colour Genius Awards so we've got we some are. ideas yeah. for mm. that which would be amazing thank you very much Final question, well, two final questions actually. One is to each of you, and coming from different times and places in the industry, what would be the innovation that you would dream of being given to do with colour? What What would you just, so as we've had bond builders, as we, as we have lighter things and little gadgets for applying things, what would make your life easier or more interesting? Or what would you think, God, I wish they'd just make a colour that did that. Oh, that is such a good question. I think if you could... Oh, man, thank you. I know, that's yeah. such <laughs> a good question. I think it would possibly be either colour in a spray can. <laughs> yeah. You could just spray and walk away. <laughs> that would kind of be the end of hairdressing, I think. Um I know you've always been very interested in sustainability and concerned about delivering Oh my God, the colour tubes. Can somebody tell me what to do with the colour tubes? Yeah. Because they say they're recyclable, almost all of them, but yeah. you have to wash them and you can't cut up. <laughs> it just does my head in. Yeah. The sustainability would be wonderful, but I think we are still some way off that, yeah. I think. Because as a business owner, sorry, Zeb, I know you'll have, I'll make this shorter. But it's very costly to be sustainable, which mm. makes it not sustainable. 
yeah. on a commercial level across the country. Yeah. As try as we had, I mean, now I have a mountain of hair because I refuse to put it in the bin. Yeah. I mean, I've got bags and bags of it, and some of it is stuffed in my shed's roof. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm exploring. <laughs> yeah. Hoarding hair. And the amount of water we have to use in colour services as well. It would be amazing yeah. if we could Recycled find a way water. of doing it without having to use so much water. Perhaps. I think mm. even if you did simple things, it'd like uh, have a eco heads on the salon yeah. uh, shower heads, and they really do make a massive difference. Yeah. But the salon heads in Clapham fit their eco heads, but then I couldn't put them on Ballam heads. So they didn't fit. So they weren't universal. So the water in Ballam, I don't know if you've noticed, that yeah, is really like slow. a poor pressure. Yeah. But the ones with the eco head. So there is standard. better. You know, like um, phone chargers now, they've they've banned them all making oh, different phone so chargers good, for different yeah. phones, you mm. know, which has revolutionised things. And now we've got baby wipes banned, hopefully. Mm. So hurrah, we're hurrah. getting there. Zebulon, mm. what's your I guess, wish list? I mean, as you were just talking, I was like just thinking <laughs> that's so many things. But... I think I would I would love to see in a dream world a really clean like lightener bleach powder. I know that there are versions of it. I don't really know if they work that well. I'd love to see a product that really prevents damage to the hair. Yeah. You know, because we can push it and we can use so many things to keep it safe and so can the client can purchase, but I would love to I would love to go into a colour knowing that that was going to be 100% insured. Yeah. Fingers so crossed. Maybe we'll, we'll get on to it. Yeah, the impossible. The yeah. impossible. <laughs> <laughs> the impossible dream. Yeah. And then the last question, which we ask everyone these days now, three words to describe your work as a colourist. What three words would you like or do you enjoy being associated with your colour work? Maybe the way you work or the results. Or, well, I'll, you know, I'll do mine first yeah. and make yours the uh, the finale. But mine will always be the storyteller, the scriptwriter and the director. Always. Oh, I like them. Full <gasps> cast. <Sean and> Kate. <laughs> mine would be... Uh, oh, God. Blonde, obviously. Yeah. Dimensional. And calm would probably be my third. Mm. I'm definitely the most least frantic person. Yeah. <laughs> Hairdresser. The most chill. Probably too calm sometimes. Yeah. No, 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 no. Never, <laughs> Never be too calm. Mm-mm. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your blonde Thank you. stories and thoughts with me. Thank and you, Nikki. Look forward to seeing you at Colour World. Thank you. Yeah. Amazing. Colour World 2023. <laughs> 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 <Cheers>. <laughs> Thank you to Charlotte and Seb for joining me. That was a really interesting conversation about colour and blonde in particular. I can't wait to have them with us at Colour World in a few weeks. If you like what you heard, then please jump over to the Respectfully Podcast Library on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you hear your podcasts. Until next time, thank you.